Hi, this is Caitlin McFarland. And this is Emily Gibson. And we're the co-founders of ATX Television Festival. And you are listening to the TV Campfire. So, Kate. Yes, Emily. Do you know what happens tomorrow? Well, it's Friday. Uh, I'm going on vacation. No? Better than vacation. Better than vacation? A chocolate chip cookie and a glass of bourbon. You know what? I will be consuming those things as I watch the new episodes of Veronica Mars. Woo-hoo. That have just, will have just dropped on Hulu. That's so cool. I am beside myself. I know you are. I am not not beside myself, but I can't even compete (laughs) with the excitement that is you and Jen. I know. I feel like Jen and I are pretty much toe-to-toe competing for who's the most excited. And now you've been able to rewatch all of the seasons that have been on Hulu for the last month. Yes. And now for the, I mean, there was the movie and the Kickstarter and all of the things. I kind of love the journey that is Rob Thomas in this show. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Rob Thomas, you know, he created this incredible character and this incredible world that is Neptune, California. And the fact that, and I told him this when he was at the festival, that I don't feel that there are very many shows that can be rebooted or revisited or whatever the terminology for this one is. There's a thousand. I know. In this way, I feel like most shows, you know, when they come back, you're like, okay, we're picking up with these people 10, 15, 20 years later. And it's just a little bit more of the same. Doesn't mean it's not good, but you don't always need to go back. But these characters, because they are on these such incredible journeys that I do want to pick up with them every five, every 10, every few (laughs) years. And I think that he could literally do that for the rest of their lifespans. I hope that, I mean, Kristen Bell is in for it because I don't want her to leave. I mean, I know the good place is also ending, but she could keep a foot in each door. Yes. And I think it's better for them and better for the story too, in a way. I mean, of course, I wanted the original to keep going forever and wish that we were now on season 12 of the original, but not having that to be able to every few years jump in and have a solid eight episodes. Yeah. I think that's how many it is. Well, that's always what you've wanted is you always talk about like, I just want recap movies. Yes. This is kind of like an extended recap movie. Absolutely. Um, Although I did hear Rob say like, tell Hulu you want more. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) they do. (laughs) And Hulu, I do want more. I haven't even seen the new episode yet and I'm telling you that I want more. We saw the first extended clip at the festival, which is what this Q&A follows, which I also think is cool. At first, I mean, spoiler alert, our Q&A is the Veronica Mars panel without Veronica Mars. But we told Hulu from the start when they asked about this. You also emailed Hulu the day this was announced. Oh, yes. So let's recap. It was announced. New episodes of Veronica Mars In the fall. are going to be on Hulu sometime. I think this was October. I immediately emailed our contacts at Hulu with the link saying, I want this. Mm-hmm. Or I said, is this true? Can we have this? And they emailed back saying, I can neither confirm nor deny, but you're already on the list. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, great, good answer. I will now sit back and wait for more information to come. leave you alone. And so then when we met with them in the spring and we were going over options, they said, look, we want to do Veronica Mars. We know, like, you guys have a relationship with Rob Thomas. You love the show. It's a great place. I mean, like, there's just truly, like, sit down Comic-Con. There's no better place, in my opinion, for Veronica Mars than the ATX Television Festival. We did a panel after the Kickstarter movie was announced with just Crystal and Rob, and it was like one of the most popular (laughs) things we've ever done. (laughs) Absolutely. And it was like early days, ATX. And they basically said, look, The Good Place is in production. Kristen's most likely not available. We are, of course, going to ask. She would, of course, want to be there. But is that a deal breaker? And we said, absolutely not. Like, this show could just have Rob with it talking Mm -hmm. about it. And I, at first, wasn't sure which direction we were going to go with it and love that it ended up being the sort of smattering of men. Like, (laughs) yes, you know, Enrico as the father. Jason Doring and Percy as friends and love interest. Yes. Like, there's a nice representation of kind of the men in Veronica's life, like, in Mm -hmm. a way that— Yeah, absolutely. And they were all the loveliest human beings. They were so nice. They were so lovely. Rob brought his mom. I know. And they were just there and chill and having a good time. Percy did tell me as we were walking, he goes, I can't remember what brought it up, but he said, oh, yeah, last year when you introed the Americans and you cried— and I was like, wait, what? Were and you he goes, there? <laughs> I think that he was watching some of our old panels. On the Southwest Airlines a- on TV. Oh, I don't know. I those. bet that could have been. I didn't ask. I was so stunned in a, you watched her panels and you are have informed yourself on who we are. But he was very moved by the fact that I cried in front of the Americans panel. 
probably almost cried in front of the Veronica Mars panel. Probably did at but that I, moment. I love one of my favorite moments because you introed it. I didn't I haven't I didn't get to see it like live in person was in the green room beforehand. Like we're taking all the pictures in front of step and repeats and stuff. And Rob desperately wanted like his mom to take a picture of them, which was first <laughs> off very cute. But then his mom was getting in front of the official photographer and he was like, no, mom, you're you're after their photo. And we we're like, no, mom can go first. But there was this very beautiful very true, authentic mother-son <laughs> relationship of, like, he's a good son. Like, I'm yes. very proud of him. Like, there was just such a beautiful sort of family moment, and that is who he is. That's, like, Jason brought his wife. They were going to Schlitterbahn. I know, which is also <laughs> one of my favorite things, because I do make a summer, an annual summer trip with a group of friends to Schlitterbahn. A water park about an hour, hour and a half outside of Austin that is a bananas great. It is so great. And so when he and his wife said, oh, yes, we're going to stick around for a couple days and we're going to this water park. <laughs> I uh, basically, I feel like my whole life was leading up to that moment of many summers at Schlitterbahn to be able to tell them all the ins and outs <laughs> of the old park and the new park and the lake water and the rides and how you need to go about doing it. But I also loved the Austin Chronicle, put Veronica Mars on the cover. Uh, starting on that for that week which was great and so it was very exciting to be able to show them that and get a picture of Jason and Percy holding up the Veronica Mars Austin Chronicle cover and then also This Bar Saves Lives which Kristen yes which Kristen started sponsored was a sponsor at the festival and so being able to then have pictures of them with This Bar Saves Lives yeah. It's also really fun. It was a lot of like synergy and they were just very easy and Hulu's been a partner for many many years and the fact that they helped us have a show that we knew would be, you know, there's no there's no risk with this particular yes. one. And I love there were a lot of Kickstarter backers there from the original movie because we did a thing with Rob to make sure that they could get in. And it just had such a lovely crowd. And the fans were so excited to be there that it's just really special. So I am happy that we get to share this. And you guys can listen. You know, you can decide. You can <laughs> listen to this episode now or you can pause. And tomorrow, after it drops, I don't know how Hulu works, actually. Is it at midnight? Is it at what time? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. So pay attention. But you could also listen to this after you watch the premiere. We only showed one scene from the premiere, so there are not. we are not a spoiler place. You can absolutely listen to this and then watch the season. And I'm really excited for all of you. And now I'm going to go home and watch the whole thing. With a bourbon and chocolate chip cookie. Yes. Hello, I'm Sarah Rodman from Entertainment Weekly. Please hold all Entertainment Monthly jokes till the end of the panel. Thank you very much. I am so excited to be here for this. I'm having a little trouble containing myself, so I would like to in- introduce you to the, the sexy amount of Veronica Mars, starting with creator Rob Thomas. Come on. Behind him, you just saw him in all his glory, Jason Doring. That's the. Maybe the best dad on TV ever, Rico Colantoni. And the BFF that you need in a jam, that's Percy Daggs 3, Wallace Fennell. Please come on up. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being here today. I think you can tell that we're all a little excited. Um, So I actually want to know who in this audience met these guys 15 years ago in a mall. Did anybody do the mall tour? Oh, we've got some hands for the mall. They totally recognize you. Um, They recognize me. Seattle. Um, First of all, Rob, thank you so much for doing this. I know that you guys have been talking about doing this for a while, but why is now the right time? Um, because they let us, um, it's, you know, Kristen and I have had full schedules. It's, it's part of it is just trying to find a window for when we could do it. And there, there was a lot of effort that goes into getting a show. It's like, it's not, somebody doesn't call you and say, Hey, would you like to do, uh, a mini series? Um, so, I mean, since the movie, um, Kristen and I had been in touch semi-regularly. Um, like, how would you want to do Veronica Mars next? And the idea of, like, 
uh, a mini series, one big case that appealed to us a lot. And then it was just waiting for schedules to align in such a way that, that we could pull it off. And I know that you, in talking to some of you, that you all have kept in fairly good touch. And obviously, all three of the gentlemen on stage were also on iZombie. Hopefully, you all watched iZombie. But my understanding is that the group has been fairly tight-knit um, since the movie wrapped five years ago, that you all still pretty much stay in touch. Is that right? By the grace of Rob, <laughs> really. But yes. And Twitter. <laughs> And become a little bit closer in different ways because now we're a little older with families and so we, you know, connect in a, in a different way. So, yeah. And in terms of, for you guys, putting these characters back on, like, easy is your favorite pair of jeans or was there some sort of trepidation about finding the characters again? Um, yes. <laughs> no, what, what, I, what I always find interesting about revivals or reboots, you can always hear the actors playing a character after so many years and I noticed it in just the first five minutes how happy and self-aware actors can be when they're like going into an old costume familiar world you can't help but feel a little self-conscious and so uh, I just I just really noticed how happy uh, I was just being back in that in that uh world yeah, that, that scene with you and uh, Kristen that we just showed, we shot like day two of the miniseries and that we, uh, unlike the movie, we got to build sets on this. The, uh, in the movie, we, couldn't, we didn't have the money to like build sets and, and so it was so much fun rebuilding the Mars Investigations set. Um, and I mean, when you see the show, you may find some of the detail work, like the Lady Justice on Kristen's desk, like they went back and found the props and all that stuff. And I'm not always on set uh, when we're shooting because I'm usually in the writer's room, but I was there that day. And it was, oh my God, it, seeing Kristen and Rico in the Mars investigation set that looked like the old Mars investigation set, doing what they do, it just, uh, as, as a writer, I mean, the, the joy I felt in that moment was, I mean, it's why I do this. It is so much fun to see talented people performing your words it, and, and so comfortable. It just felt like, like home, which I realize now that's quote is in the Austin Chronicle. And now you will just think you just regurgitate sound bites, Rob. <laughs> Really should have come up with. I should have self-edited that there. There's always the second draft, and it's also a you know a pleasure to see your visuals come to life, like Jason walking out of the ocean. <laughs> um, by the way, and I'm going to have a talk with the festival organizers. I said explicitly, I do not want to sit next to Jason <laughs> on stage. We look like a middle-aged before and after shot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for Jason and Percy, though, like, obviously your characters, all of your characters have grown in the intervening years. Did you guys talk with Rob or sort of think for yourself, this is what has happened in the time between the movie and now? Rob sent me an email that gave me two paragraphs synopsis of what I can expect for Wallace. And, and that's all I needed. It, it made sense. It was detailed enough. And you know, it picking up from the movie um, is just what I would have expected uh, for the character. So um, that was it. And then when you get on set and you see these guys and we put on the clothes, it's, it's, it's home like you described. Yeah. Do I get that slow clap? That was worthy of a slow clap. I saw you. It wasn't coming out of the water, but it was... <laughs> Jason, for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, going, you know, obviously through all the stuff that Logan, Rob put Logan through in the show. <laughs> that's why you're sitting next to me, man. That's payback. <laughs> um, you know, to, to have him join the military is awesome. Um, I mean, I, I think that's the, that's the perfect place to go because it totally uh, counterbalances all of the drama and kind of gets him uh, sort of where we find and pick up the story here is that, and forgive me if I'm, 
messing this up, but, uh, you know, where he's very put together, you know, and he's almost, uh, you know, helping Veronica through some things and like trying to get her also sort of on board, which is totally flipped. And you're going to see a whole new aspect of that. He's been Zach Mayo'd. And that's, (laughs) I was, uh, I was at home and Rob called me and he, and he asked, how do I feel about coming out of the ocean carrying a surfboard? <laughs> and uh, I think I said, how about a cane, Rob? How about a cane? But since everybody hasn't seen anything yet, July 26th, mark your calendars, you're streaming. Um, what do you feel comfortable telling us? Well, I, I think you, uh, you as I, many of you know, uh, I'm an Austin native. This is home for me. Um, um, and when, when I was conceiving of the idea and thinking what's going on, it, it happened to be when the bomb scares were going through Austin. And my, my cousin is a cop here in town. And, um, and that was very much on my mind. And so... Um, if anyone's seen the trailer, I don't think I'm giving anything away when I say there will be bombs uh, in Neptune uh, during spring break. Um, the other thing I can tell you is that um, I, I think it's traditionally there are a lot of stories about men coming to this crossroads in their life um, where they cannot, like the idea of, okay, commitment, family, mortgage, kids. Uh, is one direction, and then, you know, like, freedom. Uh, irresponsibility. Do whatever I want is the other direction. And I was interested in putting Veronica at that crossroads. And so a big part of the story has, has to do with what kind of life Veronica wants to live. And one of the things she definitely wants to do is have a lot of sex with Logan, apparently. <laughs> Which, who can blame her, but I actually want to ask you first, Rico, would you see that scene where she's like, a hand job, and I have to come first? I can't even say it out loud. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're her dad. What's that like? First time, that's the first time I, I'd seen it. I'd read it. I go, they're going to cut that part, right? I go, welcome to Hulu. But I mean, that is a real thing, and I'm wondering how intentional that is to be like, we're not in high school anymore. Well, you know, I, I, when we pitched to Hulu, I, you know, the pitch was, this is, we're gonna, this is an adult <laughs> private eye show. And, and I very much thought, we wrote the show believing we were gonna be TVMA. Um, and then I turned the first draft and we were about to shoot the, the first set. And, and I got a call saying, oh, no, we want you to be TV 14. And I, the word fuck appeared 18 times <laughs> in the original script. And they really, and, and, and we had a lot of leeway. I mean, you can see that we had a lot of leeway. So, and, you know, their, their thinking is uh, they're, they're going to have all three seasons of uh, Veronica Mars on their platform. They would like people to be able to go back and forth, including 14-year-olds. Um, um, anyway, and so I, I started doing that thing that it was such a drag, like the first word of the script was Veronica at a call box going, fuck. <laughs> and um, and I, I had to rewrite that, and I was just, oh my God, I have to do this for every, uh, all these. And so what we played in it was that Veronica and Keith have made a bet about who will who can go the longest without dropping an f bomb <laughs> and so all the times you heard her saying cuss that is the replacement for everywhere that fuck <laughs> had appeared <laughs> in the script and fork was already taken so <laughs> yeah. so i like that you had 18 fucks to give Give them all back. Very nice. Very nice. Well played. Well played. 
But being slightly more serious about it, Jason, um, talking, can you talk a little bit about, I mean, it is interesting, even though in the movie that we got to see some of the more intimate sort of relationship in a way that we hadn't on the show, we are really going to see it here. And I'm guessing that in some ways that was probably liberating and fun. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought I thought in the show it was pretty also like uh, uh, pretty intimate. I mean, I, 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 I don't know, just working with her and... I don't know. She's just beautiful to work with. And um, we've always gotten along well in that way. And I think it continues here in, in the movie. You're going to see some really uh, beautiful stuff. I mean, Kristen, you know, would tell me because she watches the shows and she said it's just beautiful. Like, you know, that scene on the beach or whatever. We, we well, uh, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, <laughs> so it continues and whatever. So. You'll see some stuff, guys. So, speaking of Hulu, um, my understanding is that they're going to drop it all at once. It's not going to be a weekly situation. Uh, that is true. So they will all, yeah. Yep. And so I'm actually curious how you guys feel about that, having been in a format before where we all had to wait and talk about it and get excited that it's all sort of going to happen at once. Are you guys bingers? Are you excited about that model? Yes and no. Um, well, here's, here's the thing. I, I mean, you write a mystery. Um, as a fan, I would love to get all eight at a time. I would love to, like, I'm, I binge shows. I would love to watch it all in a couple chunks. My concern, of course, is you write a mystery, and not everyone watches it all on day one. And so the the, the possibility of like the the big reveals getting out in the ether, I mean that scares me as a mystery writer. Like you, you sort of like it being paced so everyone gets to the ending at the same time. So I'm nervous. It'll be it'll be the first time. I mean, as for a viewing experience for Veronica Mars fans, I think it'll be great. I just hate the idea of <laughs> day one, the big plot reveals somehow making it onto the internet or whatever. Um, I, by the way, just a personal confession. Years ago, I, the, the dumbest tweet I ever put was the day after the Red Wedding. I tweeted, poor Rob Stark. <laughs> and I got, oh my God. It was like n nothing controversial in my life until that moment. <laughs> and I got beaten down. Oh, it was just poor Rob Stark. That was all I wrote. You thought Veronica Mars fans were in town. Live and learn. Game of Thrones. I want to ask you three, I know you are fans of the show and fans of each other, and I know the people in the audience, they were like, oh, this is the character I want to see come back, of like the ancillary players. As people who love the show, who were you like hoping that Rob would bring back, the, the Vinnie Van Lowe's and the Cliff McCormick's and those kind of people? It's a tough question because there's so many great guest stars Wallace that came Fennell, through. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Pops. Ah, that's a tough question. Anybody got an answer first? There's, that's, that's a tough one for me. I always love Cliff McCormick. Yeah. I'm glad to see Darren again. And, yeah, and Vinny, yeah, and Vinny, 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 Vinny Van Lowe and Ryan Hansen, I mean, playing Dick Casablancas. You, you don't get to include the series regulars in the... Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, You'll be happy to, that you heard that you referred to him as an ancillary character. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Those were my words. I'll take the fall for that. All right. Ancillary yeah. character. But can we I love Ryan, Ryan Hansen for a minute, though, just because, oh, my God. We'd you? rather not. <laughs> yes, yes. Has no one enjoyed being on Veronica Mars more than Ryan Hansen, continuing to play this character and play it again, Dick? And Ryan Hansen is playing a cop on TV. I mean, obviously Dick is back. I keep waiting for residual checks. For the, <laughs> uh, there, I have told my wife many times that if I can be reincarnated, I, I, I want to be Ryan Hansen <laughs> when I come back. I, I've just never seen anyone just more happy all the time. He's the, he really is the sweetest guy. He married his high school girlfriend and has three lovely children. And he is not the dick that we have him play on TV. Um, no, he's, he is great and funny, and uh, we try to make... He becomes, and a little spoiler, king of Neptune's spring break, which is... is I'll just let that percolate. Is that, 
There's that cool uh, Vanity Fair article online that Kristen describes him as the Alka-Seltzer to life. <laughs> I thought that was the best. And so we're excited that we're going to have more dick. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but we also have some new faces coming. Yes, we do. Neptune, some of which I know are out there. Patton Oswalt, um, Kirby Howell Baptiste, which I know my Good Place fans are excited about. And in terms of bringing new people in for you guys working with some of the newer actors, how is that in terms of like, hey, welcome to the universe? As you guys all know, Rob and Diane and Dan and the whole team are amazing at casting. I mean, there's so many careers that have catapulted from Veronica Mars um, and people who, you know, are continuing to act in whatever way they are that came and, and lit up the screen in, in particular episodes that are some people's favorites. So um, you get excited about new people coming in like Kirby and Pat Oswalt, who I lay in bed at night and watch on King of Queens <laughs> daily. Um, and Kirby Howe Batiste is, is a brilliant, intelligent, such a cool person. So just having them come into the fold and actually come in and say to us that they appreciate what they've watched before they came in and, and, and they're glad to be a part of it. Um, they're just, he's, they're always bringing in great people to work with. So it was exciting. Uh, one of the things when you, you do when you go in and pitch a show at a network is you will go in with this giant poster board um, with, you know, here are the characters of the new season um, and you put prototypes on there. Like you're telling, you're describing a character in the show and you say, think blank, and you put their photo on. You're usually not going to get that person here. Um, that's just like the dream casting. Um, but uh, with like Kirby and Patton and J.K. Simmons, we got the person we put on the poster board. Very cool. Um, and there are going to be, there are a lot of um, fun people who are going to drop into the show, people from the past that, um, uh, that I, I mean, it's already out there in the ether a bit, so I don't, like, uh, Adam Rose, who played Max uh, in the show, uh, gets, gets a moment. Um, Logan's old girlfriend, Parker, pops in for a moment. Um, uh, Veronica has to drop by uh, Chino Prison and manages to meet a couple of the people she put in there, <laughs> including uh, her old teaching assistant, Tim Foyle, uh, and uh, rapist uh, Ryan Devlin. Uh, so, um, yeah, there are going to be a lot of fun drop-ins in the show. But for the small, I'm guessing, contingency, no offense, Chris Lowell, Piz fans... Um, Chris is doing very well at This American Life. Love you, Chris. Uh, he's producing some episodes. He's, but he does not drop it. He does get name-dropped a couple times. <laughs> he does get name-checked. Because there's some Piz love. But how great is Chris Lowell on Glow, though, right? Like, oh, um, Max Greenfield does multiple episodes, too. Yeah. So one of the things when I was talking to people about doing this, I have a small coterie of... <laughs> Veronica Mars fanatics like myself and my life and we talked a little bit about what the show means to us and even though we're probably a little older than what the target demo was at the time how it resonates for us and I'm curious when people come up to you and talk to you guys because I'm sure they do what is it that they say to you was so meaningful to them about the show I knew you guys do it all the time we do this all the time I told you we were going to do it Jason Jason they ask a question he goes he finds where I am. See, your wife was right, too. This time I sat on the left, you looked to the left. They all looked at you. I'm giving him the courtesy of the question. <laughs> so clearly you have a great answer. I think the best part about it and why we're so connected, I think I read Rico say it well in the uh, Vanity Fair article, is that you get a personalization. You get people coming up to you telling you how it changed their life or affected their life or got them through something. And um, that's more than just, you know, that's, that's what we do it for. That's a part of what we do it for, is, is being able to impact people, not only entertain people, but do stories and tell stories that, that are meaningful, you know, as an actor. So, um, for instance, I had a guy who said he was in Iraq, and our season uh, was the last DVD on the rack, and he went to go get something that he needed. You know, he didn't know what he needed, but he needed something, and he watched it, and it got him through Iraq, and, and it reminded him. He always felt ostracized in school, and he felt a certain way in Iraq, and it was uh, life-changing for him. And he sends the, those DMs, he sends you a, a paragraph of what it means to him, not just, you know, the show is dope or the show is good. It's, it's a 
it's a thank you, um, you know, and that's because of Rob Thomas and his vision to, to tell a story that resonates with people from all walks of life. I had some help. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, um, uh, when, when I came up with the idea for Veronica Mars, I was teaching high school. Um, uh, I taught a couple of years in San Antonio and then a couple of years here in Austin. And I was the yearbook advisor and as a yearbook advisor, you are working hours and hours after school with 90% girls. I mean, so there, there are a lot of girl voices uh, in my head. And, and you do, you become, you become a piece of furniture. Like they, I mean, it's, it's a different thing. Like if you're teaching English class and you're, you know, you're just, we have this hour and you're, you don't hear them talking in the same way you do if you're just up hours after school and they're eating fast food and working on their yearbook pages. And, and what I thought, it, the thing that Veronica had, I think, was the thing that I think any high school, and I, I think it's even more pointed for girls. I, my, uh, my daughter was born season one of Veronica Mars. She's 14. Now she's going, she's about to start, she's going to start high school next year, which is to be, to be self-possessed, to be confident, to not give a shit what people think about you, to be your own person—that is the superpower. You know, she's she doesn't kill vampires or kick ass like Alias. She just is able to people to tell other people to fuck off, and and that. That's what I pe think people responded to. And it is, it's one of the things, honestly, and this is a thing that, uh, that we're about to have a huge experiment with, is was that the, was that the magic of the show? You know, by, you know, Veronica's 34 now. Is that still important? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just I think a lot of people who may have been, you know, lagging behind Veronica then at 34, 35, there are a lot of tougher women. I mean, a lot of tough people out there. I still, I mean, I think you, I mean, she's still snappy. It's still fun. There's still a case, but I do wonder, was the magic of the show in that? Okay. No, I'm good. Say Thank no. you. The experiment is over. No. All right. Good. We still need to be able to hear people tell us to not care what other people think. And I, and I wanted to ask specifically all of you, we so often talk to women on panels like this about kick-ass women and empowerment and role models and lifting each other up. And I'm always dying to ask men, why do you think it's important that we have female representation like this, characters like this? Because hopefully there's something in her that all of you can relate to as well. Yeah, I mean those same things. I, I, certainly, I, um, you know, my parents moved me fifth, sixth, seventh grade, and junior high was a nightmare for me. I mean, and and that, oh my God, do I fit in? Am I wearing something dumb? Are people going to laugh at me? Way so I think I think most people have had a period like that in their life. I. Um, you know, when originally, um, when I proposed, it was supposed to be a book for Simon and Schuster. And when I pitched the book, it was going to be Westlake High School is going to be Austin. Um, and the, the teenager was going to be a boy. Um, and then, you know, I ended up not writing that book. I got a job on Dawson's Creek. I moved to LA. And in those years, um, it, so much of what I wanted to tell a story about was you know, from teaching high school, I felt like this generation of kids and oh my God, it's only gotten worse. It are become, there's so much information there. The loss of innocence happens so much sooner than it did for me in 1983. I, I'm not referencing my loss of virginity. I, I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm just talking about how much information, how much, how, how flooded you are with information and and I thought the story worked for a boy it just seemed like that story became so much more poignant with a, a girl in the lead um, that eventually it evolved uh, to that I'm excited about someday in my career writing a show about a man um, 
Yeah, true, true, true story. I like. Uh, I tried to write Lost Boys, and I couldn't get that on the air. I think it was Boys in the title. Um, but um, yeah, um, I, 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 strangely, I've become a go-to uh, writer for young blonde women. I don't know. I'm sure you've talked to your therapist. <laughs> that happened. Percy, you're going to say something. I saw you. Thinking of the best way to to, to eloquate it, but. I think in a simple form, my mom said, if, you, if you're thinking, don't talk too much, keep it simple. So I'll keep it simple and say, I was raised by kick-ass women. And, you know, I was raised by kick-ass women. I got six aunts, uh, my mom, single mom of three, working at the post office, helping me get into the room to audition to be a part of this um, and, and the community we grew up in. And it's just, they need to see themselves. I think young girls need to see, uh, you know, their power, see their strength. So simply, yeah, they need to see themselves and, and the ones that, have that, that in them and don't know it yet or somebody has tried to take that from them or strip them from that. Um, there's a TV show that you could watch that could build you up outside of your influences that are around you. So I think it's just necessary. This, this show started when I was uh, a young father and uh, I'm working and very close to a lot of fathers and how they grew up without a father and how many people grow up without dads. So to me, the show has always been about the responsibilities of being a dad and giving voice to the uniqueness of one's child. She just happens to be who she is. It was Keith's responsibility to make sure that she became the best Veronica Mars possible, you know. So thanks, Rob, but uh, you know, it, it was hard for me to see anything other than this show is about a, a father who needs to empower this girl to save the world. You know? And, but a girl that still couldn't help fall for the bad boy. As we all have. Um, but the bad boy has been reformed somewhat, right, Jason? I mean, he has gotten some boundaries thanks to the military. He has gotten a purpose in life. And how, for you, over the course of, like, building this character, how do you feel about Logan now? I mean, I always like to play the bad guy better, you know? <laughs> but right when, you know, it's totally irredeemable, Rob writes you saving somebody or something like that, and then I'm like, you know, yes, you know? Um, so I, he, he just always has walked that line between good and bad uh, in this character and, uh, yeah, just kind of contribute in this, in this, uh, iteration of it to how this, uh, to Veronica's story more in this one than being the bad, like flashy guy. I remember when Brian Hansen came on, I was kind of the straight guy and I was like, what do I do? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'm supposed to be doing that stuff. You know what I mean? So, yeah, just helping to contribute with the story as the, you know, caring guy. And I mean, one of the great sort of byproducts of that is that you and Rico now have a much more friendly relationship. So was that a fun sort of new way to play off each other? So a few weeks ago, I was doing one of those Neptune Rising things where you were watching an old episode. And this was an episode from season something where you... Um, eh, sorry, I don't I, I don't. I never watched the show, but there was a there was one moment where you were w watching Lily and your dad, and I hadn't gotten to work with the man so far. But that was like our first scene together, and that take where he where you see it for the first time was probably the most beautiful thing I'd seen like on a TV screen. And uh, and so to get that perspective, and in the scene that shortly followed, it was like Keith comes in and we talk, and I knew that you had burned the the CDs and stuff. But it was it was always one of those things where I go, I want to work more with 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 Jason, and uh, and like him, right? <laughs> so uh, this past season has been the you know one of the joys of being on the show is like to to not hide my enthusiasm for, for Jason Doran. And I wanted to ask a little bit about some of the guest stars from the original show who have now gone on to be some of the most 
popular and famous actors in the world. I'm thinking of people like Tessa Thompson. <laughs> and Amanda Seyfried. And, uh, I mean, there's a, a lot. And people who played really small roles. But, but were there people at the time like that where you're like, oh, yeah, that person is going to... I had a lot of confidence in an up-and-comer named Jessica Chastain. That... <laughs> That she would do pretty well. But is that fun for you to be able to see people go on? Uh, yes. I, that, I, I, I love that feeling. When I, when I saw Thor Ragnarok, I was like, holy shit, look at her. I just... And I, why am I proud, I think? I, I, Seriously, I, you kind of did Jackie dirty, let's be real. <laughs> so why are you proud? I don't know. I'm just kidding. He didn't realize she was so funny. Oh. But she really is. But, and I want to ask you, Rico, before we start going to the audience, when you walk down the street, like, what are the percentages of Just Shoot Me, Veronica Mars, Galaxy Quest, Mathazar, y'all? <laughs> I missed the question. What are the percentages of what people recognize you for? Of the, of the it's, many it's, things? It, it, it's sort of a geographical thing. It, it depends. If I'm on the East Coast, I get a lot of... Um, Person of interest. Crazy. Airports and things like that. Um, but um, Canada, not so much, because somehow this show was buried in Canada in the first couple of years. Uh, it was like on a Sunday afternoon or something. It was really ridiculous. Right after Degrassi. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of a mixture, but I, I think... I think and I and I read this in the Vanity Fair article. I love how we so keep I'm, mentioning I'm Vanity Fair, by the I'm way. I'm repeating no myself. <laughs> when a fan of this show comes up to me, I know something about them. You know, I recognize their love and their passion for the show. Other shows, people come up, like Percy said, they say, hey, great show, loved your on your show. But when uh, a marshmallow comes up to me, it... it it, it, there is something about you that I know and I recognize, and uh, it, it it tends to stop me. And uh, I mean, I may not right now, but I will stop and talk to them. And 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 it, it's just a joy to to know that somehow we've touched you and and beyond entertain uh, beyond entertaining you. Um. Uh, and if you would like to report that touching. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you mean you can't anymore? I I I was a high school teacher when I first noticed Rico, and it was in a show called Hope and Glory. And, and I, I, I mean, I remember clearly, I was like, who is that guy? He's good. And then, and then he starred in my favorite movie of all time that is not The Big Lebowski, uh, Galaxy Quest. And... <laughs> right? By Grabthar's Hammer, is there going to be another one? <laughs> Series? I heard about a series. Is that a thing that's happening? Sorry to derail this, but I think I think there was an incarnation ready to come back, but uh, the late great Alan Rickman is no longer with us, so that put the kibosh on the whole thing. And I wanted to ask um, about working with Robin I Zombie, and was it any different? Because I know you—he really put you to work. <laughs> I, I owe this man a, a huge amount of gratitude. I mean, there was a there was a lull in my work schedule. Let's say between jobs was a little stretchy. I go, Rob, would you let me direct an episode? He goes, Sure. <laughs> like never has it been. I went down the list of all the people that are on shows that are creating shows, called them all, and he was the only one who said sure without even blame. Everybody else, a couple of them, still haven't gotten back to me. Um, but I think the, the quid pro quo of it is I got to play uh, Benedetto, right? <laughs> you play this character, we'll let you direct a couple episodes. That's like... And I feel like when I talked to you all before, too, that everybody on the stage is down for, I know we haven't even done these eight yet, and I'm being greedy, but that 
there might be more of this type of Veronica Mars in the future that you are interested in continuing the story beyond this? Uh, yeah, I, I would. I mean, that would be thrilling. Uh, although I listen, I, I I feel like in saying that I might be giving away that Veronica survives these eight episodes. <laughs> So don't get comfortable. <laughs> That's a thing that can happen. She comes back as a ghost PI. But Kristen told me that she wanted this to be like Murder, She Wrote, and that she would do this. We just until... keep cranking them out. All right, I think it is time to go to the audience. So while people are lining up, I believe there are microphones. I want to know don't, don't, if anybody has don't. this shirt. Don't hear Sarah, it. Sarah, if you don't mind, too, I wanted to backtrack to your, to your eyes. Be quiet. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt that. All right. Yes, madame. Hi, guys. Um, so first of all, thank you for making the show. I discovered it in college uh, while you guys had just started season three and immediately bought season one and two and my roommate or my friend across the hall and I binged it and then it ended and we were like, what is life? <laughs> um, so it's amazing. Uh, I wanted to say the most iconic phrase, obviously, is you're a marshmallow Veronica Mars. Thank you, Percy and Rob, for that. Thank you. Um, what is your favorite moment or just dialogue from the show? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think for me, I, and I'm, I'm stealing from Vanity Fair too. I'm going to go for it. <laughs> um, when, in, in that scene, um, when she says, you know, you can find anybody and she breaks down like in the very first season with her dad, you know, and it really shows like it ripped my heart out when I saw that. Like I saw her do that. And I was like, oh, I recognized something. It hit me. For me, that was it. And we got a happy one. <laughs> Rico, Percy. My favorite line, but it was one of my favorite moments was uh, when I sang Papa Was a Rolling Stone to Cress uh, in the second pack for multiple reasons. One, uh, my mom was working in the second pack. Rob allowed my mom to be in that scene. Um, I had a traumatic experience in church when I was a kid because I come from a family of singers and I got really sick one day and the choir director made me sing anyway. And uh, it wasn't a great day because I was singing a duet with the best singer in the church. So... I sat in my trailer for a while singing that song and uh, to be able to sing on TV with my mom right there. And then also, again, going back to there being so many single moms in that moment with the father, um, compliments to a lot of fathers. Now there's a lot of dads pushing strollers and stepping up and being single fathers and, and taking care of business. And, and, I'm, and I'm proud of that. But I just was uh, happy to, to be able to share that, that moment with him. So that's one of my favorite moments. Awesome. Um. There are there, there there are a number, but the um, in the pilot episode, um, there's a scene where Veronica wakes up in a strange bed and she looks down and she sees her, her underwear on the floor and she picks them up. And it was watching. I mean, when you shoot a pilot, here's what you do. you you have actors come in and they'll probably read three or four scenes. One of those scenes is not pick up your underwear on the floor and and tear up. That so that moment was totally new to me as I was watching it. And as we're looking at you know behind the monitor and looking at Kristen, you know, I feel like a lot of actors can cry. Um, that and you know, there's the ugly cry. There are a lot. It's the I am turning into stone while crying and tear rolls down my face and she does it take after take. I'm, it was in that moment where I go, oh God, we could be good. <laughs> like, I, like, it's giving me chills each time I watch it. And she's, she's a machine. It's like, how many tears which I? Um, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, I couldn't, like, I couldn't get over it, uh, it, you know, you just see her get strong I, I, and in such a heartbreaking moment. And, you know, one of the strange truths about, you know, we shot, you know, we shot the script that I originally wrote and the rape 
was so controversial within the network and they kept trying to chop it down, you know, either take it out or chop it down. And they kept wanting me to, like, we were arguing about how many frames of this we could show. And it was like, it was so powerful, so moving that I, I think it, it scared them. So that was just a moment as a television producer more than a writer, it wasn't any line that I, that I had written. It was just like, uh, that, it was like when I thought, Oh, we've got a we've got a real chance to be good. If, if it, like I feel, a lot of my favorite moments could be reduced to. God, I'm going to get this wrong. Gifs, gifs, gifs. <laughs> this is just, like if you just want to, if you could just hook me up to a meter and read the amount of delight. There's a moment where Veronica and Mac uh, are doing their room up as Canada, yes. and they put on bare naked ladies one week. <laughs> And they dance for about three seconds, and it it fills me with such a delight that I that I could they could be barely measured. There's also a, a moment very similar with um, Dick Casablancas and Veronica as they um, <laughs> find a, a a bum to pull a egg out of a trash can. There's a reaction shot in that moment that I, that is priceless to me. Um, that I've, we just preserve, if you, Veronica Mars is down to, uh, you know, 24 frames of film. I, I, I would, I would, I, at least on the comedy front, that, right. that one. I was about to say that's embarrassing. And, uh, and I love Entertainment Weekly that, who put us <laughs> on the, yeah. On the yeah, cover of the article hasn't come out has yet. Has been great to us over the years. Look, we're Slow on down. Vanity Fair online. Entertainment Weekly puts yeah. us in the, the actual Woo! magazine. When's that, out? When's that coming out? Two weeks. <laughs> Look for it on your stands next month. Okay, over here. Thank you all. So, Rob, you touched about uh, writing mystery and spoilers. Um, since for everyone, like now that you've shot this in a Twitter age, which wasn't really the case. Uh, the first time around, what is it like to just sit on all the mysteries and turns? Like, how does it feel to have to just keep that bottled up until the show drops? Um, I, I'm nervous about it. I, I am. I am so worried. Honestly, um, yeah. I, I, I wonder how, what the effect will be on a big mystery like this, where where you drop it all at the same time because so there are big turns there are big reveals and will people learn about them you know my hope is that all the hardcore marshmallows all watch it on day one and the people and the rest of the people aren't really paying attention and they get to it when they get to it they're not you know they're, they're not uh surfing twitter to find out what happens uh next i do i i will I will do. I will say that I do miss television without pity. Um, I, I, oh yeah, I do. I I like I liked reading paragraphs of criticism or like I, reduced to two hundred and eighty characters. It's it's not the same. I there were there would be some real think pieces that. Uh, um, and the the other thing that was nice. Back in the day, um, <laughs> like when we when we were doing 22 episodes on of television, we could actually be shaped by that feedback. And I and I don't mean like we would change the mystery around, but we could read what the audiences were thinking, where who they were pointing at, and go, oh, we need to we need to steer them away from that. We need we need to adjust accordingly. Um, uh, when you do a show that's all going to drop at once, you do, you do not have the opportunity to adjust. You, so yeah. you you just think that this is the way it's, the the fans will like it, and uh, and there it is. But then you also just have let go and let God, right? There's not going to be anything you can do about it. So back over here in your Team Logan T-shirt. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just going to say I need to suppress my inner 15-year-old self first, but I, <laughs> that's really working. Um, Okay, so not staring at Jason, but asking a question from Ron. Uh, so um, I discovered so much good music from All the show. And <laughs> um, to the extent that Typhoon is now my favorite band and I go to their concerts and everything. Um, so my question is, how do you choose the music and like how much power do you have personally in choosing the music? And can you share your Spotify playlist with me? <laughs> Um, it, 
one of the things, you know, I was, what was, how was, I was, I think I was 38 when I wrote the pilot, um, maybe 39 when we shot it. And the nice thing is when you have a show on the air is you get sent everything. Um, and you have a music supervisor who kind of continually feeds you and, um, and, and it, I felt like it, it kept me young, <laughs> you know, like, like, like the danger of, I am now 53 and it's like, can, can we put Tom Petty in here? Uh, that's, that's, um, I mean, I love Tom Petty and I would not hesitate to put Tom Petty in, but, um, I do, you know, I, I do feel like a responsibility to keep it centered on the age of the lead character like that, that should be my, uh, focus, um, so the people who have a lot of control over that um, are editors because they, um, they're the first people who are going to place music. And when I interview editors for the show, it's one of the most key things is having good musical taste, both in scoring the show and uh, spotting the show for needle drops. A lot of them uh, uh, will get, if I, if I know ahead of the time, uh, I will write that in. I, I know that when I wrote the original Veronica Mars pilot, I was listening a ton to the band Air, and that, um, and I'll usually like when I'm writing pilots, I will put together a playlist that feels like I, I want the show to sound like. And uh, the first song ever in Veronica Mars was Air La Femme d'Argent. Um, God, I I can't believe I spoke French. Um, yeah. Um, and I knew that was the mood I wanted for the show, and that was how we scored the show. I, I, I wanted it all in, in that sound. There are certain things I'm, I'm incredibly proud of. Um, the um, Mike Doughty, Doughty, um, Doughty. I, 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 I read an interview with him a couple of years ago that's saying, you know, I've got, I play a show, and I've, and there's a crowd that comes out, and half of them I can tell are my fans who've been with me forever. And then half of them are Veronica Mars fans. <laughs> and, uh, and they, uh, and, you know, it's the, one of the few times, I mean, Jason said, the, or, yeah, I think it was Logan who said that I love this song, and Veronica says I love this song too. I mean, that's a huge endorsement. Uh, it's taken Mike Doty. Uh, um, I, I played in a band in my, tw throughout my 20s. I love music. Um, I do. I have to work very hard now. I, I um, you're going to hear a lot of Billie Eilish this year on, uh, yeah. And now it's so funny. Like, like I say, my daughter was born in season one. I'm, I'm playing music in my office now, and my daughter will open. My 14 year old daughter will open the door and go, "Why are you listening to this?" <laughs> As though I have entered her world. Um, uh, yeah. Um, but I do, I, it is, it, I'm, it's nice of you to say, it is a fear that I have that I'm going to, like, uh, I'm going to be classic rock Rob. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I do try to fight that. <laughs> All right, we're back over here. To expand on my rather emphatic no from earlier, I just wanted to say that while Veronica, well, Veronica being a teen was an interesting aspect of her character. It wasn't the interesting aspect of her character for me. And um, I think that while Veronica had a lot of social confidence, she often lacked personal confidence, as was always kind of running to try and have a normal life or a convenient kind of life. And I think her accepting herself in the movie and moving forward and trying to become that person that she actually is, is incredibly interesting to me, and I actually might be more interested in her in her 30s than I've ever been in Veronica. So I'm very excited. Just wanted to say All that. right. Well, good. Um, now that I've said that, um, I wanted to say that uh, you touched on it a little bit, getting to work with each other when you really haven't before. I think maybe besides Logan and Dick, characters really didn't have scenes consistently outside of Veronica um, throughout the series. And... Um, touching on Percy getting to work with uh, Rico and Jason. Um, even just in the trailer, you got to go to the beach with Dick and Logan, which is like, what's going on here? <laughs> so I was just wondering if you could expand on getting to work with these guys. 
Uh, it's the best thing. Um, I'll start with Rico. Rico, when we got to set to shoot this fourth, this revival, um, in passing, he's, he, he gave me the biggest hug, and he always does. And he said, guess what? Our scene is up today. And just that excitement of like, yeah. it's me and you today, baby. It's like, it, it charges like, yeah, yeah, we're working together today. And it's the same with, with Jason. And, you know, now Logan, we, we like each other now. So having that Wallace and Logan interaction is completely different. And it's so fun to play because Jason is a, is a genuine friend of mine these days. And, um, you know, kids the same age and everything. So it's great. I do, I work with Kristen. Our chemistry is what it is. But to be able to use this chemistry, any opportunity that I get, it's a, it's, it's a great feeling. Dope. Dope. Thank you. All right, we have time for one more. I'm sorry, that's it. So you win, make it awesome. All right, so my question was a music one, but I have another question. Um, I think one of the biggest things for me was finding a fan base. I had people around me. I came actually to the Austin event, and I actually asked a question that she asked, and it, according to TV Guide, it said it influenced the Logan and Wallace plot line in I Am God, that I asked a question about the two characters together, and I think... It was so important at that time for me to find a group of people that are just like me. And I would like to know for you, how much did you expect the fans to glom on to the show, especially in a time when there was no Twitter and there was no Facebook and there was no way of getting the word out, but you still had a bunch of fans that were willing to travel to Austin and attend a two-day event and see an episode and just have the experience to be around you guys. Well, it, it was mind-blowing. Uh, it, it was like, you know, we came, we aired, and we were not doing incredible ratings. I mean, we were fair. Um, and so the thing that, that, that made it thrilling to go to work, that made us think we were doing something worthwhile, like all the writers in the writer's room going on television without pity each week and going, oh, my God. Like, they're into it. I mean, this is, I mean, this feels good. Um, I mean, that, that was amazing. I, I'll tell you just a, a story about fans of Veronica Mars. And this, um, when, when we shot the movie, well, there, there's so many, well, I mean, there's so many moments. I, I mean, honestly, the, the day that, uh, that we opened the Kickstarter, I was just on a, like, I, I could barely retain consciousness. I, and that, that was amazing. Um, we, you know, I had, uh, my friend manages a, a bar called the Dog and Duck um, here in town. And I said, hey, you know, the last night of the countdown, I think I'm going to tell fans that we're going to count it down and hang out here. And he said, well, how many people do you think will show up? And I said, I don't know, 40 maybe. <laughs> Like 700. Um, I mean, it was insane. But one of my favorite moments, and it makes me so proud of the cast, but also just so impressed by the fans. Um, you know, there were the group of fans who um, contributed enough to come out and work as extras uh, in the movie. And so, like, there, the rule for using extras is that... W because of uh, because of like labor union things for extras, we could only we, we'd have to hire a hundred normal union extras, and then if we went over a hundred, we could then bring in uh, our Kickstarter extras. And so they worked on days that were big days, like the high school reunion days. And I ended up watching our uh, Kickstarter backers, and we tried to place them all up front, so they're the ones you really see, and. You know, working with extras in Los Angeles, and they're fine. You know, they're, I mean, it's not the job they want to do. You know, they're, they're not angling on being a professional background actor. Um, watching the background as I'm sitting in the editing room for months, it was, it was incredible, the performances. They were so alive in the moment. I mean, every reaction. I mean, it, was, it wasn't quite kabuki theater. <laughs> but it was incredible. I, it, like, they were so into every moment. I just loved them. The other thing, and I, this is just to, to talk about how great our cast is. They, they uh, the cast could not have... I, I was... They 
they gave so much to the uh, to, to those people who came out. They gave so much through all that. I mean, everyone took that responsibility of Kickstarter very seriously. Um, uh, actors came in on their day off when they knew all the the background actors just to hang out to take photos and uh, that that really. In, I mean, I was already pretty endeared to the cast, but that <laughs> that took me all the way there. Well, before um, we let them go, first I want to thank all of you for being here. So thank you. I hope you're having a great fast. I can't tell you how much this show means to me, so I'm so grateful that you all were here. And I know that, Rob, you have some news that you would like to share. Oh, um, okay, the um, first three seasons of Veronica Mars become all available on Hulu on July 1st. July 1st, man. July 1st, all the episodes. Watch it again. Let them know we're a hit and they need to order more seasons. Absolutely. And Hulu has been nice enough to put to, uh, to let us show here the, um, the, I'm not sure what you call it, the trailer for the fact that they're announcing that the first three seasons will be on. Wow, eloquent. Thank you all so much for Thank being you, sir. here. You guys have a great fest. I love Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> The TV Campfire is produced by Caitlin McFarland, Emily Gibson, and AJ Myers, along with our audio partners, Five Ohm Productions. Mark your calendars. ATX TV Festival Season 9 is happening June 4th through 7th, 2020 in Austin, Texas. For more information, visit atxfestival.com and follow us on social media at ATX Festival. And be sure to check out our episode notes for a very special discount on badges exclusive to the TV Campfire podcast listeners. As always, please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. And stay tuned for even more exclusive releases each week.